As we've already mentioned, we're continuing our series, The Cross Speaks. It's a series based on the final words of Jesus. They say Jesus hung on the cross about six hours. During that time that he was hanging on the cross, he made some statements, he uttered some words. And those words are powerful. They have great truth in them. They carry lots of meaning, both at the time that they were spoken and also even for us now. And so as we look at these words, we want to draw the the truth and the grace that comes out of them. Amen? And last week we talked about, last Sunday we focused on the first words that Jesus spoke, found in Luke 23, 34. It said, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. When Jesus spoke these words, the message he was sending to all of humanity is God is a God who forgives. Amen? He's a God who forgives. The Bible says in Psalm 32, 1, How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. You know, people that are lost, they don't realize the weight they live under, the condemnation, the, the strong hand of heaviness they live under. But whenever your sins are forgiven, whoo, and you can come up and breathe fresh air spiritually, there's nothing better than that. Amen? One of the greatest blessings anyone will ever experience in their life is the blessing of having your heart cleansed of sin. Amen? So the first message the cross speaks is the message of forgiveness. Today we're going to look at another phrase that Jesus spoke while hanging on the cross. And it's found also in Luke 23, which we'll learn that indicates that the cross also speaks of salvation. In Luke chapter 23, I want you to read with me in verse 39. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffs, So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saying... By saving yourself and us too. While you're at it. But the other criminal protested. Don't you fear God. Even when you have been sentenced to die. We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said. Jesus. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied. I assure you. Today you will be with me. In paradise. Now here we have another one of the important statements Jesus makes while he's hanging on the cross. And Jesus says in verse 23, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now let's take a moment to look at the scene closely, or a little bit closer. Jesus is hanging on a cross. He'd already gone to trial. He'd already been beaten. He'd already been scourged. The crown of thorns had been hammered into his forehead, his back is bleeding, they nail him to the rugged cross, stand the cross up now, here he is, hanging. And he's hanging there between two others who are also hanging on the cross. Jesus is hanging between two criminals, the Bible tells us. And we see these criminals criminals responding as they look to their left and to their right at Jesus, they respond in two different ways towards Jesus. The first one, first criminal, is scoffing at Jesus. And it says in verse 39, one of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it 
by saving yourself. And hey, why you added save us too? He was making fun. He was scoffing. He was belittling. So obviously this first thief had no confidence in the Lord's ability to save himself or others, for that matter. But then there was the second criminal that was there, and we see his response totally different. The second criminal recognizes his moment of opportunity, and he says in in verse 40, but the other criminal protested. He's talking now to the other criminal. Don't you fear God? Even when you have been sentenced to die, we deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Now here's a criminal that's recognizing the innocence of Jesus. He recognizes the fact that the man should not be there. And he says, man, this guy don't deserve this. The second criminal has a totally different mindset and response towards Jesus hanging on the cross. Three responses. First of all, it seems he has a healthy fear of God. And he tells the other thief, the other criminal, Hey man, don't you have any fear of God? Now he recognizes lack of it because he had some of it. But number two, he realizes he deserves to die for his sins. He deserves to die for his crimes. He said, look, man, we're up here and we deserve to be up here. This man doesn't deserve to be here. And then finally, he recognized Jesus is a man of innocence. The second criminal makes the most important statement of his entire life. In verse 42, then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me. This statement Change this man's eternity. How many of you know just a few words spoken to Jesus can change your eternity? It can change your life. Amen. Isn't that true? This statement, when, when G, whenever he said, Jesus, remember me, it means, Jesus, help me. It means, Jesus, deliver me. I'm telling you, you never go wrong when you open up your heart and you say, Jesus, help me. In fact, I wonder how many, how many lives could be changed and circumstances changed if we would just simply open up our heart and say, Jesus, help me. The criminal was asking Jesus to save him from the place of the dead, the eternal destiny of all sinners. And then Jesus assures him of his salvation in verse 43. Jesus replied, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. What a word of assurance. What a word of hope. Amen? You know, this tells me the cross speaks of salvation. Speaks of salvation. The cross reminds me or reminds us of the Lord's mission and purpose to bring salvation. Jesus made it clear what he came for. He made it clear what his purpose was to reach the lost with salvation. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. You heard of that guy? He was the chief tax collector in that region, and he had become very rich. How? From stealing from people. Let me stop to make mention here that Zacchaeus wasn't a righteous man. He wasn't a godly man. Zacchaeus was a rich tax collector considered to be a notorious 
thief, criminal, and sinner. That's who Zacchaeus was. And one in which others would have no association with, including religious leaders. They didn't want to be in his company because he was a thief. He was a notorious thief. He took advantage of people. That's who Jesus is encountering here. Verse 3. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass this that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Verse 7, but the people were displeased. He is going to be with the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. I'm so grateful for that verse of Scripture, aren't you? If you ever wondered what the motive and purpose of Jesus stepping out of the glory of heaven to come down on this fallen, sinful earth was, here it is right here. Here's Jesus' mission in verse Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. This is the mission statement of Jesus right here. Amen? The purpose and mission of Jesus brings salvation to all of mankind. In Matthew 9 and verse 10, Jesus was having dinner At Matthew's house, and many tax collectors, guys like Zacchaeus, and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. Verse 11, when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Verse 12, on hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. That's the mission of Jesus, to bring salvation. Amen? So it should be no surprise to us when Jesus showed great interest in a thief, a criminal that was hanging next to him. And although he was in such agony and such pain, he took the time to be interested muster up the strength and the ability to speak and speak to this criminal that's hanging on the cross and was willing to grant him permission to be with him in paradise. That's the gospel, brothers and sisters. The cross reminds us of the Lord's mission and purpose to bring salvation to the world. Sure, he cares for the hungry. Sure, he cares for the hurting. But above everything and anything, His number one concern is the salvation of all humanity. The cross reminds us of the church's mission. The church's mission and purpose to bring salvation. How many of you know it's not just the Lord's mission, it should be our mission? What should be the focus of the local church? What should be our motive? What should be our, our thrust? Should it be to bring salvation? Shouldn't it be? To bring salvation to the world? 
Shouldn't it be? You know, it's easy for the church to get into this, this, this rut of being, you know, us four and no more. Let's have a country club. Let's have entertainment. Let's just do, you know, charitable things. But we must never forget the number one reason and purpose that we are here. And that's to bring salvation to all, all humanity. That's the purpose. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You know, Martin Luther said of John 3.16, this is the Bible in a nutshell. The whole Bible can be condensed in this one verse. And this one verse is the who, the what, and the why of the Bible. The who of the Bible, God. God so loved the world. Who's the Bible about? It's about God, isn't it? God. It's about God. God so loved the world. The what of the Bible? God gave. That He gave His only begotten Son. Jesus is God's gift to the world. John 15, 13. Greater love is no man than this that one lay down his life for his friends. The why of the Bible? That's the big question. Why the Bible? The why is always the mission statement of an organization. The why of the Bible, the mission statement of the whole Bible is found right there in this one verse, the latter part of it, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Question for you. Do you believe in an eternal hell? Do you believe that there's an eternal hell to be saved from? If you don't believe there's an eternal hell to be saved from, you care not about that verse. But if you believe there's a hell to be saved from, this is wonderful news in the gospel right here. Amen. The whole, the why of the Bible is that none should perish and that everybody should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The whole plan and purpose of God is that none should perish. No man, no woman, no child, that everyone would get to go to heaven. Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise that some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. How many? All should come to repentance. The last instruction Jesus gave his disciples before he ascended into heaven was, go, 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 go. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want to remind you, these were the last words he spoke before he ascended into heaven. His last instructions he gave the disciples. Go, therefore, and make disciples. In Mark 16, in verse 15, he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. His last instruction... Let's bring salvation to the world. We need to be reminded of that. If you want to know what's the most important thing on the heart of the Lord is salvation of souls. It's always been and it always be. Think about it. That God was so committed to saving souls that he was willing to give his only son to die a criminal's death, to be rejected, humiliated. So that souls could be saved. The cross reminds us of our mission and our purpose to bring salvation. Somebody said his last command should be our first priority. And so the cross reminds us it's not just the church's mission, 
But it's our purpose and our mission as well. Why should our mission be to bring salvation to the world so none should perish? I mean, you know, I heard one great man of God that was greatly used of God said, if we all really understood, if we all really understood what's in the balance, we would all put lots more energy and effort into winning the world. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Do you know that we've all been given a ministry? Say, what's my ministry? Here it is right here. You've been given the ministry of reconciliation, getting other people connected to God. That's all of our ministries right there. Amen? Hey, listen, three things to help you in your ministry. Remember that you are the church, not this building. You are the church. The church is not a stained glass building. The church is not a building with a steeple on it. We are the church. Matthew 5, 14 and 16, Jesus said, hey, you are the light of the world. Not a building is the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bow. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Do you know you are light to the house you work in? You are light to the neighborhood you live in. You are light to the family you were born in. You are the light of the world. Verse 16, he says, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Here's an indication. How do you let your light shine? Jesus is the light of the world. The more of Jesus you have in it, the more your light's going to shine. And then he says, let them see your good deeds. You got you to do good deeds for your light to shine. The more good deeds you do, the more your light will shine. The closer you are to Jesus, the more your light will shine. Amen. Instead of waiting to bring people to church, bring church to them. Amen. Well, we can't wait for somebody to come stumbling into church. We need to bring church to them. Amen. What kind of church will you bring to people? If we're the church, what kind of church? A dry, crusty church? Or a spirit-filled church? A judgmental, critical church? Or a church filled with love? Time out for a moment. We're so easily to judge the church. The question is, what kind of church am I? What kind of, what kind of representation of the church am I bringing to the world? You know, somebody with a long judgmental nose looking down at it and looking at the world? Or am I just embracing the world as Jesus did and loving them to the cross? What kind of church am I? I think we should present a good, spirit-filled, loving, kind, compassionate church. Don't you? Amen. So can I challenge you today? Bring church to the world tomorrow morning. A church that the world will say, I like that church. Amen? Hey, so number one, you got to remember that you are the church. But you know what else? you got to remember that you are the sermon. You are the sermon. 2 Corinthians 3 and 2 says, You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not on the tablets of stone, but tablets of human hearts. Think about that. 
We're God's letter known and read by all men. Oh my goodness. Oh my Lord, what kind of sermon have my friends been reading? We are all living, walking sermons. Are you getting it today? Are you hearing me today? People are watching us, the observing, our lifestyles and our actions preach Christ to others. You see, listen, I'm sorry to tell you, when you became a Christian, you became a servant, a slave of the Most High God, and you don't have the liberty to do whatever you want. You're representing Christ wherever you go. Make sure you represent Him in a good, godly way. Come on, be the greatest sermon they've ever saw in their life. Amen. Come on, if you agree, say amen. Amen. Question, what kind of message are you preaching? Condemning, uplifting, cold or warm, godly, ungodly. People often develop their perception of Christ or Christianity from the examples of Christians they see around them. Paul said, don't be a stumbling block to the cross. I can either be a bridge or I can be a stumbling block to the cross. God help me not to be a stumbling block but to be a bridge. Come on, saints of God. Are y'all with me today? Number three, remember, remember number one, you are the church. Number two, you are the sermon. Number three, you are the preacher. That's what I've been waiting to hear right there. I'm the preacher. I'm going to take big boomer with me and look out world. Here I come. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hell. You sinners. That's people, some people's idea of preaching. Romans 10, 14, 15. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can they preach unless they were sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You know, the only way for people to be saved is by hearing the gospel. And how will they hear if nobody tells them? Mark 16, 15, he said, go into the world and preach the gospel. Go preach the gospel. Preach means to proclaim, to tell. Gospel means the good news. How many of you know it's good news? It's good news. Amen? Sometimes it's got to make you sad before it can make you glad, but it is good news. Amen? But go tell or proclaim good news to everyone. We are the preachers, the messengers. Suppose someone asked you, I want to be a Christian. Can you help them? Can you you get them? If, if If you're, they're dying on the side of the road and they say, I want to be a Christian before I die. Can you help them? How many of you call the church? Oh, hold on, hold on. Hold your breath, buddy. Pastor, put your Superman cape on. Fly over here. You know, really, we should all be able to share our faith. Amen? We should all be able to share our faith. Hey, is it good news? Are you glad you're saved? It's good enough news to tell somebody else about? Sure it is, but we need to be able to tell. Hey, let me just give you some couple of truths just to help you. Jesus is the bridge of salvation. 
How do, how do people get to heaven? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through Him, right? Jesus is the bridge. So remember that. Jesus is the bridge. Faith is the vehicle. Faith is the vehicle. When people have faith in the bridge, they can get there. Hey, Jesus said you can have eternal life. Do you believe that or don't believe that? If you believe that, you can have eternal. To as many as believe, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Amen? And all you need to know is one scripture. You don't have to know all the books of the Bible. You don't have to know the Roman road. As Pastor Nick said, it wasn't there back in the day, right? All you need to know is one verse, John 3.16. John 3.16. You know, I heard somebody show me one day, you know... Everybody's born in sin. How many people need to be saved, gang? How many? Oh, why? Because everybody's born in sin. It, you just got contaminated because of Adam and Eve's sin. And so you're born with a genetic disorder called sin. So we all need a Savior. And so, you know, the Bible says we're on one side, God's on the other side. And we need to get to Him. And so we try to get to him and think deep thoughts, but he don't get us there, right? Darwin, on his dying bed, repented and said, my theology was wrong. Did you know that? They won't teach you that in college. They won't teach you that in public school. But the evolutionist repented before he died. They should put that in the textbooks. Don't you agree? I'm just going to be kind to, to, to the people. I'm going to be a good person. It won't get you there. Our best efforts are like filthy rags, the Bible says. The only thing that will bridge you over to God is the cross of Jesus Christ. The reason why Jesus died is to take what we deserve, the punishment of our sin. So we, as long and as soon as we can give, put our faith and confidence in, the, in Jesus forgiving sin, People can be saved. Amen? So you don't have to be a theologian. You could just say, you could just tell somebody, hey, you want to be saved? Just call on the name of Jesus. How many of you know that the thief on the cross didn't have time to do a whole lot more? Amen? But it's a heart. And so listen, you don't, don't look at yourself like you might not say the right words. Just say, call on Jesus. Say this, Jesus saved me. That's about it right there. When a person wants to be saved, Jesus, save me from myself, from my sins. Amen? So the cross reminds us of the mission of God, of the mission of the church, of the mission of each individual to bring salvation. Listen, the people that we work with, I want to encourage you to start looking through the eyes of eternity. That person that grates you every day, that is such a hard person to get along. Remember that they are created the image and likeness of God. They have a soul that's going to spend eternity one day. And you might be the first person that ever has enough compassion to be patient with them and try to love them even in the midst of their ugliness. Amen? Amen? Are y'all hearing me out there? Say, oh me, oh my, something. Amen. But listen, the cross reminds us before of all our personal need for salvation, the reality is we're all like these two thieves on the cross. We could all put ourselves on that cross. 
We are all like these two criminals, guilty of breaking God's laws. Isn't that true? The Bible says, for all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Two criminals, two different responses. The first guy insults or blasphemes Jesus, makes fun of him, has no reverence, no respect. The second guy, the second criminal, turns to Jesus and he receives salvation. The question is, how will I respond to Jesus? Like the first criminal or the second criminal? Are you going to accept or reject the opportunity and the gift of salvation? You know, there are four things we need to know to be assured of salvation. Jesus said, I assure you, you will be with me in paradise. And by the way, paradise, paradise, remember paradise? Adam and Eve were in paradise and they lost it because of their sin. The new Jerusalem is the new paradise. Man lost the perfect place. Whenever Jesus Jesus is finished with his work, we're all going to be back in the garden, in the new Jerusalem, in the new paradise. Amen. And there's four things you must know to be assured of salvation. Number one, you must know you're going to face God after death. You're not going to turn into a bird despite some thinking. Luke 23, 40 says, But the other answered, and rebuking him said, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of death? You know what? That's, that criminal that received salvation, he knew death was not the end. He knew there was a condemnation beyond the physical death. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, it's appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Number two, you need to know, you must know you sinned against God. In Luke 23, 41, he says, we deserve to die for our crimes. He didn't say we deserve to die for our weaknesses or our mistakes. He says our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. So in other words, he said, We deserve to die for what we've done. That, my friends, is confession. It's confession. It's saying, it's me. It's me, O Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. It's me. It's me, O Lord. Standing in the need of salvation. You know what's one of the greatest tricks of the enemy? You know, sometimes we have thoughts and we think they're ours. And it's the devil that planted them there to begin with. And so we begin to build like a lawyer. We begin to build this case about what's wrong with the church of Jesus Christ. And we'll list the faults of the church as long as we don't consider our own faults. And we'll sit there as the high priest and judge everybody else as we stand in evil and wickedness not knowing. We're determining our own judgment by the way we're judging others. And it's all the time being influenced by Satan himself. The greatest thing that can happen to somebody is when the conviction of the Lord comes on their heart and they realize that they break God's laws. Everybody has stole something. Everybody has broke God's laws and in need of salvation. When confession comes, that's when salvation comes. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all un righteousness. Amen. That's a great verse right there. Amen.
Number three, we must know only grace can save you. Only grace can save you. Luke 23, 42, he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, apparently this thief realized Jesus had the ability to open up the kingdom. Apparently he realized that Jesus had the ability to give him what he couldn't get on his own. He knows he can't do anything to save himself. He's just, he's just a breath, a few breaths away from dying. You know what? He can't say, Jesus, give me a moment and I'm going to go reach the homeless. I'm going to go give some money to the poor. Jesus, if you'll give me a moment, I'm going to run down there to the church and I'm going to get water baptized. And I'm going to speak in tongues when I come up out of the water so I can be saved. The thief had no opportunity to do any of that. He didn't have an opportunity to make up for all the bad things he had done. What did he do? He totally, he totally leaned on the grace of God for his salvation. See, the criminal realized there was nothing that he could do to save himself. That he needed a savior. Come on, how many of you got there in your life and realized, you know, I used to think, man, once I get my act together, I'm going to start going to church. Come on, how many of you been there too? Why are you laughing at me up here? But man, the more I try, the worse I got. Come on, how many of you can say amen there too? And I realize I can't get good enough where I feel good enough to start going to church. Because you can't save yourself. You can't do it. You know, this criminal, his heart was totally relying on the ability and the grace of God to save him. And the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and it's not of yourselves. It is not of yourselves, Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. Amen? It is the gift of God. It don't matter if your grandma's a praying grandma. You need to be saved. It doesn't matter if you've been raised in church. You need to be saved. It doesn't matter if you could quote the Bible from backwards to forwards. You need to be saved. Amen. Everybody needs to be saved. It's not by works that no one could boast. Salvation. The cross speaks of salvation. Amen. And finally, number four, you must know that Jesus will save you if you ask him. If you ask him. In Luke 23, in verse 43, then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. See, the criminal believed Jesus had the power and the ability to save him and grant him salvation into his kingdom. Acts 16.31 says, believe in the Lord Jesus. And you will be saved. You and your household. Believe in the Lord Jesus. Believe in the Lord Jesus. Work for Jesus. No, believe in the Lord Jesus. Give to Jesus. No, believe in the Lord Jesus. Believe in the Lord Jesus. Amen. Believe in Him and you could be saved. You got to believe in the gift of salvation. And the greatest statement, Luke 23, 43. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today... You will be with me in paradise. Amen. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Today means immediately. 
Immediately. As soon as you repent, as soon as you ask Jesus to forgive you, immediately you can be saved. He said, today you will. means salvation is certain. Today you will. Today you will. It's amazing. You can't see nothing on the outside. But when a person repents and their heart turns to the Lord and asks Him to forgive them, boom, eternity has changed for that person. Man. Sometimes I wish, Lord, I wish you could just show us. But then I think about the Bible and he said, nah. He said, if I sent somebody back from hell to tell you, you still wouldn't listen. Some people just won't listen. But you got to believe. Today you will be with me. Today you will be with me. Speaks of a relationship. Jesus wants a relationship. He don't want us to be... He don't want us to have rules and regulations. The Old Testament, you washed your hands before you ate. You did all these rules. Did all these regulations. But the New Testament is about relationship. Hey, if your Christianity hasn't gotten beyond just going to church, you really had not tapped into the true Christianity yet. Because it's about fellowship with Jesus. It's about having communion with Jesus. There's nothing better than just... Just be in the presence of God. Amen? Come on, I'm telling you what, it's a whole lot more than just going, you know, put the time clock in every Sunday. Okay, Jesus, here I am. It's a pretty day out here. And then look at me, I'm going to church. Hope you, hope you recognize the fact that I'm sacrificing precious hours on this beautiful day. The one day that it's sunny outside and it's, it's below 90 degrees and I'm going to church. It's about relationship. Amen? How many of you had to be talked into going to church today? How many of you wanted to be in church today? Because you love your Lord. You love your Savior. Come on. Isn't it great to be serving the Lord? It's relationship. Amen? It's not laborious. It's a blessing. And today you will be with me in paradise. means salvation is a real place that will last forever question are you ready are you ready you ready for your maker you ready to meet him would you stand with me let's close in prayer the cross speaks salvation is that a good thing the cross speaks salvation is that a good thing yes it is that's a great thing it's a blessing isn't it would you just bow with me See, some of you, you're already saved, but you need to be reminded why you're walking with God, why you're fearing God, why you're living for Him, why you're not just doing what you want, how you want, when you want. You lay down your life, and there's a great reason. One day you're going to breathe your last. One day, one day is going to be your last day. And then you're going to lay down with no more strength in your body, and your spirit's going to come out of your body. It's going to spend eternity in one of two places. Those of you that are living for Christ, serving God, there's a reason why you're doing it, saints. This life is but a vapor. It's a short time compared to all eternity. But one day, one day, whether we go to meet Him or He comes to meet us, one day, we're all going to be reunited. We're all going to have a great, great celebration in heaven. Amen. 
for all eternity. It's worth living for Him. Don't you agree? It's worth living for Jesus. Amen. But listen, there might be somebody in here today. Maybe you've never repented. Maybe you've never surrendered. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to forgive your sins. Don't let the enemy allow you to be so close to salvation and rob you from it, making you think you're okay because you're a nice guy. Nice is not good enough. You need to be saved. You need to be born again, Jesus said. And you can enter in to that salvation simply by doing like the thief on the cross and say, remember me, asking the Lord to forgive you for your sins. If you're here today and you say, Todd, I don't think I've ever done that, but today I want to do that. Would you pray for me? If that's you, just raise your hands and I want to pray for you. The cross is speaking in this auditorium today. He's speaking salvation. If, if your heart is beating right now and you say, I've never done that, I need to do that. Raise your hands right now and I want to pray for you. Raise your hands. Raise it high. Don't be ashamed. Don't be bashful. This is a day of salvation. Thank you, Lord, for your redeeming power. Thank you, Lord, for your convicting power. Thank you, Lord, for the precious power of the cross today. If you've raised your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come on, let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for washing my heart today. I believe, I believe, Jesus, that you're my Messiah, that you're my Savior, that through your grace, I can receive salvation. Lord, I repent. I know I've done wrong, but I ask your forgiveness today. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse my life. Fill me with your power. Help me to be a Christian, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer, you come and talk to Tanya and I right after the service. And we want to give you some tools to help you. Now listen, the rest of you, how many of you are Christian? Let me see your hand. Let me remind you, you're the church. You're the message. You're the preacher. If we surveyed everybody, how did you come to the Lord? Almost everybody in this place would say, I had a friend. I had a family member. Amen? You don't have to know every book and every chapter. Just go love people. Be like Jesus. Amen? And God will use you to touch people with the gift of salvation. Amen? Father, I pray, give them light. Give them courage. Give them power. Give them strength. Give them the confidence, Lord. Help them, God, as they go forward. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody that agrees shouted and said, Amen, amen. I'm glad to be saved. What about you? Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.